Hello everybody! Do not adjust your uh, computer screens. You are watching Take the Black Live, your weekly deep dive into all things Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, science fiction, fantasy, genre, Marvel, anything you can shake a stick at. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net, here with Cheryl Wassenaar, associate editor of WinnersComing.net, and Mia Johnson of Fansided.com. And we are back after a week off in a splashy new set. There's a lot of black going on here. Uh, we have couches, we have cameras, Richard is behind manning the switchboard, and we are excited to be back. Guys, how are you? I'm good. Uh, this, again, we are in a new, we are new to space. We are here to bring you all of the goodness. It's just, it's nice. It's nice to be here with you. It's nice to have Mia here. Yes. It's good. I'm good. It is. going to be back. I don't know if you guys knew this, but before, when we shot this show, it was just kind of like in the middle of a room with other people around us. Now we're in yeah. a separate room. We can be as loud as we want in here. Or uninhibited. We have the power. We could. Turn my collar and go like this. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> um, anyway, we are here today to discuss a couple, some big things happened while we were off. Namely, a bunch of cons. Now, Mia, you, we asked you to come on here because you were at San Diego Comic Con. And we are going to talk all about that. Yes. But first, let's talk about the other con that happened <laughs> since we've been off. Uh, con of Thrones, which was the premier Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire convention uh, on Earth. I went to it two weekends back in Nashville, and I think it might look a little something like this. Hey everyone, this is Dan Selke here at Con of Thrones 2019 in Nashville, Tennessee. We're at the premier Game of Thrones Song of Ice Fire convention in the world. Let's go check it out. Uh, please welcome to the stage Glenn Custer Waldo, Jamie Lannister, Woo! Jerome Flynn. This is your Alamo cereal for our lives. Yes! Here at Dur de with Falnir. Falnir, what are we doing here? Uh, well, we're going to introduce you into some foam fighting. Hey. <clears throat> oh my god. <laughs> I think I'm dead. Okay, it looks like I'm losing, but you know, looks can be deceiving. They're not in this case, but it, they, can, they still can look that way. And now I think uh, you want to show off your uh, bow and arrow prowess. Uh, yeah, I could, I could shoot something off your head if you'd like. Uh, okay, let's do the cap. Now, uh, I'm not uh, as sure about this one, but I'll try my best. What does that mean, you're not as sure about this one? You ready? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Kudos, I'm glad it hit me in the face. You didn't die, Dan! <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Con of Thrones, biggest convention Game of Thrones um, in the world. A lot of fun. As you can see, I, I, I clearly had a good time. Um, that was Bellator. That's like, have you ever heard of that? It's like the thing people go to the foam swords and go out and like fight each other in the park. Oh. Is that, that a new name for LARPing? No, that's been around for a while. I've yeah. heard of it. It's not LARPing. LARPing is, you know, live action role playing. Bellator is you get some foam swords and you whack each other with them. I don't. You you don't have to be fun. a knight to do that. You, know, you can just do, be Biffs. They do the same thing with lightsabers. They have one for Comic Con. They have a big lightsaber battle out. I think in Balboa Park. So I feel like it's similar, just like two separate fandoms. Yeah. And that was a Dur de Mary in the Nashville chapter, and the proprietor, as you can see, shot a bottle cap off my head with a Shout out to them. It was it was very yeah. talented. I was afraid and, he was going to miss. And you didn't die. You didn't die. I mean, the way I figured it was, even if he did miss, it's a foam arrow. It's only going to like cause a minor abrasions at best, and then. 
evident, and then like exhibit A would be that video. Yeah, like you'd have it right on it. So I, I, I wasn't in danger. Yeah. Other than that, it was a blast. Like the co- cosplay was amazing. You saw some of that there. The one girl as Liana Mormont, like the like the six year old, so yes. cute. And her mom was the elephant that Cersei didn't get. Oh, that was her mom. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Family cosplay. She called herself the pachyderm that was promised. <laughs> there was just a lot Perfect. of a lot of great creativity and passion and people having a really good time. That's awesome. It was actually kind of nourishing. Like, because, you know, like after there have been a lot of like, you know, kind of toxic talk. But after Game of Thrones ended, like people were like, I'd like the final season. If you don't, that's great. Good for you. But it was really good to be in an environment for a weekend where people were just really excited to be there and happy to be there and talk about what they love about it. And it was just, it was a really fun time. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. I feel like the fans are still there. They're, I don't think the fans have ever just like completely blown off Game of Thrones. And I think that yeah. con is a testament to that. That was yeah. really awesome. Yeah. How was it, by the way, uh, hosting your moderating your panels? It was a blast. I was on three. I had a, I had a really good time. Um, I was on uh, How Game of Thrones Changed Television. I moderated that one. That was a good time. <laughs> Uh, we came to the conclusion in many ways. Um, what? Oh, you, you, you can you can find it um, on the Winter is Coming YouTube channel. Wick, we posted a bunch of panels on there. Posted all the ones that I was on. I posted the sit down with Nikolai Costa Waldau. Gave interviews. Really funny in person. He took a call from his wife, like in the middle of his interview. She was like locked out of the building. <laughs> he just like talk some Danish. And it was just, That's great. Was really He's a family man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was on uh, the spinoff panel, all about Blood Moon, the spinoff. Blood Moon. That's going to be fun. That was a lot of fun. There were like six of us on that one. We couldn't get a word in edgewise. It was very chaotic. Mm. And then finally, uh, my favorite one was Journeys and Cersei Lannister. Where we just stand the hell out of Cersei for uh, an hour, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Kenny Adamo. Hi, Kenny. Says, Oh, uh, and I saw Kenny. Yeah. He says it was great to see you at the con and that you had good panels. Oh, thank you, Kenny. Aww. That's like the highest praise, it man. Is. Good panels. They were. I mean, the, the, the panels were a lot of fun. Like, it's just fun to go and, like, at San Diego Comic-Con, like, did you go to, are there, like, fan panels, or is it mostly, you know, you're there for the celebrities? There are, and I think there's a big debate now about San Diego Comic-Con, where it's like, is this just people trying to see the big, you know, shows like Good Place and mm-hmm. and all those things, or is there still a part where there's a community where they can have fans. I mean, they still exist. There are people who, you know, are avid fans like us, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, moderate these panels and bring fans in. So I think right now, San Diego Comic Con is just trying to find its identity. And, you know, is it going really? in the right direction or wrong direction? That's kind of up for debate. Well, um, what's your take on it? Because you went to San Diego Comic Con 2019, yes. this, this most recent past weekend. Yes. I mean, it's not kind of Thrones big, but it's pretty big. <laughs> and um, do you think it's going in? What direction do you think it is going in? What direction should it go in? That's fantastic <laughs> question to ask. <laughs> I think, like, right now, to me, it does seem like they're really pushing, like, the celebrity angle. To me, it seems like it's really big for people like Disney, NBC, sure. Netflix, all those people, HBO, to make a push and to promote their shows and to get fans to see the celebrities. Mm-hmm. I think the trade off is when sometimes there's been a big big discussion about lines and people lining up yeah uh, cutting lines and then um as well people not getting to see the panels that they want to see because people like holding down the rooms because they want to see the big show at the end sure um so there was a big problem with brooklyn 99 really i think there was a kojima panel and something else and those people stayed in that room the entire day uh and i had friends who like didn't get to see the panels they wanted because 
for some reason they put Brooklyn Nine Nine in a smaller room. Uh, and yeah, it is. Which Kojima? Kojima. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, that guy. Death Stranding. Better Solid guy. Okay. Yes, yeah. the the weird video game stuff. So, I mean, that's just one kind of trade off. <laughs> and I don't know. It's like I kind of personally like that. You do have the opportunity to see the celebrities and these people in these sure. bigger rooms. And maybe it just means the trade-off now is that local cons can rise. Um, like the one you went to where we can kind of still have those fan niche panels mm-hmm. without worrying about lines and people hogging seats and stuff. It's a it's a big thing. <laughs> maybe you're right. I mean, because con culture has exploded in the past yeah. like like decade or so. And there are smaller things like Con of Thrones. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it can be like the place where you go for these giant things and Con yeah. of Thrones where you go for a smaller thing. Because it was really good to get into like the the nitty gritty minutia mm-hmm. of like the, 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 some of the panels were just like so specific. Like, you know, there were ones for every single character. Like I went I took like an hour long talk about Theon's journey. It was fun. I loved it. There was about like LGBTQ people in A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. There was one about, uh, you know, prophecies. There's one about meta narratives and like fan reactions. It was really, really fun. And uh, being a Game of Thrones, though, you attended the Game of Thrones yeah. panel at Comic Con. How did that go down? What were your impressions? Ooh, boy. Read the wow. room for us, Mia. Why did that go down? So, Hall H, you know, everybody was packed, excited. We had Maisie Williams, Jacob Anderson, Lynn Cunningham, Nikolai. Um, Isaac Hempstead Wright. Conleth Hill. Conleth Hill as well. Um, absent was D&D. We already knew that. Yes. Um, and the consensus was, uh-huh. I think among fans and among the actors, was that they were all still happy to have been along in the journey. And they loved the, the whole idea of Game of Thrones. When they started discussing the series finale, that final season is where things got a little icky and weird. <laughs> was it icky and weird? Were there, like, some icky and weird moments? I think, yes. And it came, I wrote a story about this on Cultures, which you can read, where some of the actors kind of, to me, like, they did not know the definitive ending for their character. Um, So, for take, for example, Isaac, who was talking Mm -hmm. about Bran. And they asked him, if Bran is the three-eyed raven, how come he didn't stop Daenerys before the destruction of King's Landing? (laughs) And so get this... Isaac says that because he says Bran as the Three-Eyed Raven can see in the past very well, but when he gets to seeing in the future, it gets kind of cloudy, and so he can't know everything. Sure. And so I just said, okay, I guess. (laughs) That was basically all I could say was, okay, I guess. Sure. If that's what you want. So it feels to me like even the actors have their own headcanon for things, and that's just going to be the way that it is from here on out. Sure. Yeah, yeah filling stuff. I mean, so I heard about them not taking questions at mm-hmm. the end. So what do you think? Was that deliberate? Because I will say, like, at Con of Thrones, they took questions and they were perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. E- everyone was chill. Everyone was cool about it. No one was disrespectful. There was one person who asked Jerome Flynn, like, about the whole Lena Headey, uh, Jerome Flynn, oh my like, uh, drama. And that got mm. some hisses. But, but that was, like, one dude. <sighs> And he was just like, don't believe everything you read, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was the one time it got weird. Otherwise, everyone was perfectly fine. <sighs> yeah. I would say to me, it was a little suspicious. And some other people were mm-hmm. like that as well, that they ran down the clock. I won't say for sure. Was it an they, hour? Um, I believe so. Yeah, it was just about an hour. Okay. Um, I could see like there's the moderator and they have like a clock in front of them. So I could see the clock 
And when it gets to five minutes, it's like it starts getting red, like, you know, wrap sure. it up. And I was like, they have not asked a single question. I see fans lined up mm. along the wall. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, and so I, I can't say for sure if, you know, they if it was on purpose. And I'll just say this, that they were maybe just afraid because this is such a huge Hall H has like 6,000 plus capacity Good people. <laughs> so, you know, to have it full. It was, oh yeah, every seat was packed. Um, and so that's... 6,000. Yeah, those are a lot of stakes that are raised um, for somebody to ask a question or to, you know, tarnish their name or whatever. So I don't think that was going to happen anyway, but now we'll never I know. It. Like, I, I wonder if the moderator just underestimated the audience. Because again, like it kind of thrones, it was a... Costa Walda was there. And yeah. he took questions and it was, everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. Now I did see some headlines where they say he got booed. Um, I saw some of that too. Did th- that happen? I think that was taken out of context. Like he didn't just get oh. booed just because. I think it was something else. And gosh, if I can't remember it. But if you see that headline, it really wasn't that bad. He okay. was fine. Nobody was like super angry at him. It was just one of those things like, oh man, we wish that didn't happen, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I also saw headlines that like, um, oh, Conleth Hill confirms that Varys did poison Daenerys. And I watched the tape and like, that's not what he yeah. said. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, I think, a lot of things taken out of context from that. Um, and, you know, oh, well, you just you just kind of have to read the whole picture, read the whole story <laughs> sure. to get it. The cutest thing, though, was Jacob Anderson, who plays Grey Worm. <laughs> when he, yeah, I saw this. When he did this twice when he got a little, you know, shaken or didn't want to answer questions. He had a Spider-Man mask with him, and he pulled on the <laughs> Spider-Man mask to hide his face. It was the cutest thing. Um, and I didn't, he, he, it was kind of like on and off, so I didn't get a chance to snap the picture, but the pictures are out there if you want to see yeah. Spider-Man. Yes. There are some Anderson. Getty images. <laughs> yeah, there are. Stuff that's there are. Uh, Got any comments? Yeah. Uh, Julie, Julie Davis. Hey, Hi, Julie. Julie. Um, says, oh yeah, Bran, excuses, excuses. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that sounds pretty, pretty excuses much. to me. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Literally. says, uh, Nikolai was super nice and attentive. Yeah, he yeah. totally was. Awesome. Very, very sweet. I will say he did come in kind of seeming like he was rearing to defend the seats like mm-hmm. like he knew like he, he yeah. he'd read some of the stuff yeah. but i mean again that's okay he was perfectly cool about it he was he wasn't after anybody he was well spoken about it and and the fans were respectful in turn that's like it, it never got ugly except for that one guy who asked about <laughs> there's always that flood. one guy <laughs> don't be a weirdo at cons guys no, please <laughs> Okay. Um, so what else impressed us from Comic-Con? Obviously, Game of Thrones has like final bow, but yeah. there's, I, I mean, by all accounts, it's it's like a pretty good comic, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons of stuff. So we tried to, like, narrow down some of the things that we're excited about, and one of my picks was, I'm pretty excited for His Dark Materials, yeah. uh, HBO show. Yeah. You went to that panel, you said. I was also there in Hall H. Wow. What a coincidence. Was it a coincidence, or, or, or did you, had you read the books and you were excited about this, too? You know what? I think I had nothing to do with that out. No, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. I did get invited to that one. Right. It was Dark Crystal that I had nothing to do, so I went. But his Dark Materials, I did go. Um, Lynn manuel Miranda was there. James cool. McAvoy was there. Um, and um, some of the other, and I'm drawing a blank right now. But they were there, and they were super excited to promote the show. Um, this one's not no, His Dark Materials, an adaptation of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials Material book. series, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which um, is kind of a fantasy sci-fi set in like victorian kind of times yeah. but with sort of steampunk almost yeah a yeah bit, definitely with and like the, zeppelins the whole concept is that you have your person and then you have a 
quote unquote demon who's like your animal companion. Um, So for example, like a snow leopard or monkey or something like that. So I think it's really interesting. And it's like, what would your house sigil be? It'll be like, what would your demon be? What would your demon be? (laughs) And like mine would be a dragonfly or something or a dung beetle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or like that just came out of love. And on that, that kind of thing. Patron, yeah, that's that a good note. one. Yeah. Okay, but I think for fans who who like this series and were kind of disappointed by Golden Compass, Ugh, um, yeah. I think that the producers and everyone really put special care and attention into this. Uh, I also wrote a piece about this on Culturist. You can check it out uh, and just see that they are really ready to showcase this and and make up for Golden Compass. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I, I think those books are really solid um, and really strong and interesting. I think oh, yeah. they can make a really good series. Yeah. Cheryl, you had a pick for a show that you're I excited did. for, they showed a trailer for. I, I did. First, Kenny says, I think the actors have it wrong. It seems like they think we were mad at their performance when we weren't, just the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seemed like Nikolai was defending the acting when he didn't have to. That's not mm-hmm. what we are mad about, at least myself. Um, Julie yeah, is reading Wheel of Time. Which oh, we are also excited it? to cover. Yes, please tell us, Julie. She's about three quarters through the first book. Awesome. Oh, I'd be very curious to hear that. Honestly, Julie, I would. Like, if, you're, yes. if you have opinions on that, I would love to hear you. Tell us, Julie. Tell us everything. Anyway, my pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek Picard. Uh, I am a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. Uh, raised in the, <laughs> It's in the family, man. Um yeah, and like I was, I was a little concerned about this because it's a sequel. Like you mm-hmm. know, it's like oh no, don't ruin, don't ruin Picard please for me, don't. please don't. <laughs> um, but I watched the trailer and it was just, it felt so good. Yeah, it felt so kind of in tone, like it continued mm. well. I felt, and I mean, I can't be mad about Patrick Stewart saying "engage again." Like there, there are just some things that bring a bring a reaction out of yeah. people, and that's one of them for me. It was just a really good trailer. Like I was definitely very suspicious of it as a series beforehand, mm-hmm. but this kind of first look at it, this first like, here's what's going to happen. Here's kind of the tone we're looking for. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I guess I'm going to get CBS All Access now. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find a way in somehow or other. Wow, wow. Just money everywhere. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my choice. Yeah. Um, I know Mia had yes. some other things that were super impressive. So. Yeah, there was also... Wow, did you hear about Marvel? Did you hear... Did anybody hear <laughs> about those stuff, guys? Man. I didn't hear a thing, Mia. Tell me everything. Well, first of all, next time, I just request that Disney sends me a seat so that... I don't have to snoop around and then get kicked out of Hall <laughs> Really? You, you got kicked out of Hall Um. Well, I was there for the panel before that because I had a ticket. Then I was politely <laughs> ushered out because people who did have a ticket needed to be in. <laughs> so right. I watched afar from Twitter. But there is a lot going on as far as diversity in Marvel. Everyone is excited for Shang-Chi. Um, they're excited for the new Photon. Um, they're excited for Black Widow movie, which... Blade. You know, Blade. I was so surprised. I didn't see that announcement until like the next morning for some yeah. reason. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? They're doing Blade again? Hey!" Everything old is new again. <laughs> yeah, pretty up. much. Um, so yeah, Marvel pretty much announced most of their phase four, including Disney Plus shows. So I am super pumped and hyped for next two years. Do you think it's enough to keep the momentum going? 
I gosh, yeah. I, I think there's <laughs> oh, yeah, they no have there. plenty <laughs> to keep the momentum going. Um and that like on top of Eternals and all these other yeah. movies, I think the celebrities are really gonna draw the uh people in. Like I think Marvel has solidified itself now mm-hmm. to the point where they're just like Kevin Feige is like I can make whatever I want. <laughs> you guys are going to come running. Same time, I mean, it's very calculated. I mean, it's yeah. like they're not making dumb choices, I feel like. Yeah. like. The movies, TV shows they're making, like, they seem like they're all appealing to people. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, that... they're, like they're not slipping up and making something stupid. No. <laughs> yeah. Like Jane Foster Thor. Can we give it up for Jane yes. Foster Thor? <laughs> and I feel like Natalie Portman as a character or as an actress was kind of wasted on Jane Foster in the yeah, first two movies. <laughs> um, and with Marvel 2.0, I'm like, this is her redemption. Taika Waititi, uh, I think, has the power to make it better. Uh, the The one thing that really struck me from the Marvel announcements was... Marvel's getting weird. Oh, and yeah. And I like it. <laughs> well, I mean, listen to it. Like, you know, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. That's like, a good-ass title. Yeah. That is a good-ass, yeah. but it's weird. But it's a weird title. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Or like Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Oh, like, that's also a good title. Like, I'm into yeah. it. Um, I mean, I asked about the title of that um, with someone who works at Marvel. And I was like, where does that come from? Does that come from a comic or anything? And he was like, no, I, I think it was something where it was like, we just, was a dream. We just <laughs> that's basically what it was. Taika Waititi's like, I like this, let's go with it. I'm like, all right. It's very 80s <laughs> yeah. in a way. Oh, yeah. And I love it. Finally, before we wrap up, wrap up and move on to Song and Dan and Josh, I feel like we should touch briefly on a trailer that I think made a, a big splash. And you can tell me if there was buzz around the floor. Yeah. Uh, the Witcher on Netflix. I think that's Henry Cavill with a shirt off. Um, I think that is a lot of folk oh are kind of pegging this as maybe one of the leading contenders to inherit the Game of Thrones, whatever that means yeah. exactly. And I did enjoy the trailer. Um, I am. I'm trying. To, I'm reading the books now, and they're pretty good. It, it, it's a, it seems like a really good base to build a show on. Yeah. The cast looks appealing. Um. To say the word for it, <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty excited. About it. I, I, I think that could, that that's potential to be a really good watch. Yeah. What was your take from the show floor, if you had any? That's actually quite interesting because I, whatever was going on in my bubble, I had no clue about what was going on with the uh, the witch. It, it's a pretty big show floor. I'm like, how how did I miss this? Well, I wasn't there, so that's one of the the sad things about that. But I do think that it has that potential to capture, you know, especially Game of Thrones audiences. If you yeah. guys need something to watch. To fill that void, I mean, you can't go wrong with. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> with it's like for, for, for those are familiar. It's it, it's it's kind of Game of Thrones esque. It's set in a fantasy world. Yeah. It's a little closer to Lord of the because they're like elves, dwarfs, and stuff. But it's still like got the political elements that Game of Thrones yeah. people mm-hmm. like. Um, it, it's kind of I, I think of it as like halfway between like Lord of the Rings and Song of Ice and Fire. It's like they meet in the middle, and that's kind of where The Witcher is. It's it's an interesting mix. I'm just here for Henry Cavill. <laughs> that like, will put some butts in seats yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I did watch the trailer. I did really like the trailer. Um, I think it has a lot kind of going for it. I think it did a really good job of kind of setting the stakes. Looks really slick, too. It looks really slick. Um, You can't even clock Henry Cavill's wig line, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, That's where we're going today. That's where we're going today. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think it had a really strong trailer. Um, I ranked all the SDCC trailers at Winter's Coming, if you guys want to check that out. That's true, she did. 
I had a lot of trailer watching the other day. My eyes hurt. Please help me. Um, but yeah, no, I think it was a good Comic-Con. I mean, Marvel pretty much undisputedly won it if we right. care about yeah, that. But, but I think there was a lot of good coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's like a yeah. solid Comic-Con. I think. Yeah. And if I may interject, if you want something else that's fantasy, I completely did not understand it. But Dark Crystal... Oh, which yeah. does have an amazing cast. I was, like I said, it I was there for cast. Hall H. Only, and I say only, Mark Hamill and Taron Egerton showed up out of the whole voice cast. Mm-hmm. But hey, when Mark Hamill's around, it's always a good time. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I got to see the first episode of it. Um, I was into it. It was about hour to 45 minutes or so um and it uses those classic jim henson puppets so if that's something you're a fan of you know from the 80s and that time i think it'll be fun if you especially if you're in the fantasy for me i was like i don't know what's going on here but i enjoyed it anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's good that's good to know (laughs) yeah so a lot of solid stuff to come out of there um, any other closing thoughts, guys? So we turn it over to bring in Josh Hill. Is it twenty twenty one yet? I want to see Love and Thunder. Please, Love and Thunder. Please. Well, great. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. Okay. And now um, we're going to bring on slowly, so there be exits and entrances. Indeed. Um, Fan sided over God, uh, Josh Hill, <laughs> with whom um, I read. A Song of Ice and Fire, George R. R. Martin's as-yet-incomplete fantasy magnum opus, chapter by chapter, we're breaking it down. What makes it work? What makes it tick? What makes it good? What makes it bad? Just how does it work and what insights can we plumb? I feel a little weird on this big couch by myself, but it's it's, a, good, it, it's, it's thank you. It's a new day, right? It's a new day. I mean, it's a new... It's a new era. It's a new era. It's a new office. It's a new studio. What do you think of the setup? What do you think of the new area? I love it. I'm infinitely impressed by it. So, and a lot of hard work went into putting in all together. That was definitely of true. Of which I did none. So, <laughs> I'm kidding? if no. we're thanking anybody, we're thanking Richard and the video team. I tried to steam these flags once. That's the most I've ever done. I've seen I you try a terrible to job. Emphasis on try. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> it, was, it was a tough. I have to iron it. It was a tough go. But yeah, we are back. And, and, yes. and uh, Julie says hi. Hi, oh. Josh. Hi, Julie. And he now says best work today was Hi, everybody, shooter, not so. just Hello, Julie. Everybody, yes. Hello, everybody. We got Kenny and Christine and Walt and Zachary Best. All right. Lots of folk watching. And Kim and Terry and Sue. Anyway, we are back after a couple of weeks to talk more about Song of Ice and Fire. We yes. are on the second Sansa chapter. Indeed. In A Clash of Kings. Josh, it's been a couple of weeks. What were your impressions of the new Sansa chapter? I had a long time to let it soak in. <laughs> and... No, it's good. It kind of was a return to this kind of taking down of her Disney princess view of the world because we've got two dueling views of knights where we've yes. got, what's his name? Danto, Danto, Dantos Dantos, And then the Hound who are, could yeah. not be further apart on the spectrum of knighthood yeah. where you've got one who's kind of closer to the classical well, well kind of like the snow white like follow me into the woods and yeah so we'll, this I chapter take opens I, I really like how it opens uh with come to the god's wood tonight if you mm-hmm. want to go home yeah which is like a note she gets under the door she's in kingsland she's held prisoner and it's a weird note and it gets repeated over and over i kept thinking of um come with me if you want to live from the terminator movies well yeah yeah that's fine. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess I thought it's very effective. And so Sansa steals out of her room and meets uh, Dantas Holler. Do you remember him? He was the he was the drunken knight 
who um, showed up late to Joffrey's tournament. And Joffrey mm. goes, can I just have him killed? Cause, yeah. Because, you know. As he and, does. Uh, yes. And Sansa uh, kind of talked Joffrey into sparing his life mm-hmm. and just making him a fool instead. Yep. A Not life, because a life she... debt is owed. Yes. A, a life way. debt is owed. But here's the question. Do you remember? Because he is on the show. Okay. Um, not a lot, but he is in the show. Mm-hmm. He helps Sansa. Do you remember his real deal? Like who he's really working for? No. He's Littlefinger's stooge. Uh, he's working for Littlefinger. This is Littlefinger's way to make contact with Sansa to get her out eventually. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that at this point. She certainly doesn't know that. And interesting, you mentioned the whole thing about dueling kind of roles of knights because the way he gets in good with her is by appealing to this kind of chivalrous knight aesthetic. Yeah. Like he, you know, he, um, he, he falls to his knees and pledges his life for hers. He, he kind of, yep. he cites like, he, he's a fool, but he's like, I'm like Florian the fool, which is like a, a popular song at the time. So like, that's how you get to Sansa. You mm-hmm. make musical references and you make big sweeping oaths. And then she like, and then yeah. she kisses him on the cheek and she's like, says, my life is yours. It's all very storybook. Yeah, it's very Disney princess. It's it totally very is. fairy tale. And then on the other end of that, you have the hound who is the absolute opposite of chivalrous. Yes. It, it, but in a way, I mean, he's a more realistic knight. I mean, we have the one which is a very fantastical view. It's very romanticized. And also fake. Remember, he's lying he, he's working well yeah there, well yeah we're, there's that too but like just the the images of the two where yeah. the hound and that's kind of why he was such an interesting character an empathetic character on the show because mm-hmm. he is he's so real like to for lack of a better term he keeps it real like he just he does like where you're juxtaposing that against this fake knight which is very much appealing to all of Sansa's romantic, romantic yeah. views of what knighthood should be. Absolutely. And the Hound is basically like, you know, spitting into the spittoon and like adjusting himself. <laughs> he's, like he's like drunk and yet welcome to the party. Around. Yeah. So, but that's much more real because that is what it's, it's not so much his appearance. It's what's behind that. What yeah. has made him that way. And it's cause he's an actual knight. He's actually gone through things. It's like, you know, the war veteran and the person who's just in like the, you know, the reserves or something, the weekend like national that, yeah. guard. So I'm thinking of like that 70s show with Bob and red specifically. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've never seen it. Oh, well, so I don't get that reference. Oh, well, there we go. But not know, to, I'll try. Yeah. So there you go. Fantastical. <laughs> but yes, the hound very much the realistic view of the night. Sure. Yeah. Totally, and that's totally, what, totally. that's what Sansa needs to know. That's what she needs to learn, which is continuing to tear down this idea that life is, in King's Landing is mm-hmm. not at all what you thought it was. This dream that you've had, it's just not true. It's all a fantasy. Yes. As the Hound says at the end, I thought it was a good line, a pretty thing and such a bad liar. A dog can smell a lie, you know. Look around you and take a good whiff. They're all liars here and everyone better than you. So everyone is lying to her. Dantos is lying to her, like straight up. She just doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. She, again, like the... She's starting to get wiser, but she's still very much in this, I am a princess in a tower mindset. And I'm going to, if I'm going to get rescued, it's going to be by a noble knight type. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be by the hound. Even though the hound will offer to take her home later. Remember, call it from the show. He, um, before he pieces out a key claim, he goes to Sansa and he's like, Mm -hmm. I can take you home. And she refuses him. Yeah. Because she still, you know, doesn't think that's the right choice. But... Yeah, he is probably her better option. She just, mm-hmm. it's hard for her to look past 
She's got to let go of so much that she's held on to about this view. I mean, she's basically changing her outlook on the world. And that's not an easy thing to do. (laughs) I also like just her kind of weighing whether she should go to the Godspeed or not. Because Mm -hmm. again, like, you know, again, she is wiser. Like, she knows she can't leave her room without a good excuse, like a good lie. Yeah. Like, she knows if she tries to go do she's thinking, like, this could be a trap. Drafty could have sent this. It could be, like, a whole thing to humiliate me. Mm -hmm. She does end up going. And there's all. I also really like the bit <laughs> uh, that, that the reason she's able to get away is because there's like some kind of riot in, at the gate, and the peasants are you know upset because they don't have food or water or anything like that. Um, and it, it said, "Lay the hound is like, oh yeah, there was some peasant riot, and Joffrey led a sortie against the peasants." You know what that means? That means that Joffrey got on his like his horse with his armor and led a bunch of armored knights out against like peasants who want bread mm. and like cut them down. A total Joffrey move. <laughs> That's if like, we're talking fake chivalry, yeah, like, that is like fake totally. leadership. That's like, Dictator stuff. Right that's there. like that's, that's like a Tiananmen Square that's, move, yeah, that's where it's like a tank news. against a guy. Just yeah. that's what he's doing. Which of, of course he would. I mean, yeah, it's Joffrey. I like that he's he's making me laugh even when he's off. He doesn't show up at all, but he just says that and like, yeah, that sounds about like what he would do. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Um, so yeah, Sansa's able to get away, and she, she she does she does lie some. Like she says, "Why are you in the gods?" But like, I was praying. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, sure. No one likes to talk about religion. They'll just they'll let you get away with that. Yeah. Um, so she's learning, but yeah, it's a it's a slow climb for Sansa. The whole Godswood thing too is kind of like the Nigerian prince that emails you. It's like, <laughs> give me five hundred dollars, I'll give you five thousand dollars back. It's kind of the same thing. But it's also because he's not real because he's fake. She, I mean, she gets out of it, but it's like he's working with Littlefinger. So yeah. she did actually avoid a West Westeros version of the Nigerian prince scam. So. Yeah, I mean, but again, it's also romantic. Like, oh, I mean, a little bit. I mean, come and meet me in the wood. Like, come on, that's what's well, like, appealing that's to, her, to her. Yeah, to her, her sensibilities. Her, yeah, so, but um, she wised up, which is she's, an evolution of she's her character. Slow, slow. maturation. <laughs> she says in the show, rapid she, growth, she, she, she's a slow learner, but yeah. she does learn. So it just <laughs> takes a while. That's a line from the show. She said that. Yeah, that's Sansa admitting it. Um. Not a hugely big chapter, kind of all that happened, but I think it's pretty good. Oh, he also swore an oath, again, that Dantos did, because, mm. again, he knows that oaths will get through to her. Um, I liked the bit where uh, she's talking about all the people she missed, like she missed her father, she misses her friend Jane Poole, who just remember that name, she'll come back. Mm-hmm. And she even missed Arya once in a while, like at the once end of it. She missed Septon Mordain. <laughs> like, like it was it was a whole paragraph and a lot more ink was spread for her dead Septa and her dead her friend who we barely knew. Like, oh, and yeah, Arya's yeah. at the end, like and once Arya. in a while I miss her, which, Arya is, which too. is funny. <laughs> little footnote. That, yeah, she's, she's a little footnote in her life. Um, I also like the bit where she's talking about um, some of her trials that have gone on in the past couple of weeks. She mm-hmm. says that like, she's been punched by the Kingsguard. Like, Maren Trant punched her with a mailed fist when she accidentally, in front of Joffrey, I think, I forget what that it was. It was, like, something like, uh, King Rob won a battle. And she was mm-hmm. like, good, accidentally. And then she got punched for that. And she says, it was her own fault. She must learn to hide her feelings better so as not to anger Joffrey. So, again, it's the, the Sansa survival strategy is not going to be confrontational. No. It's not the Arya way. It's, okay, I'm going to, I got to just push it all down. And wait for an opportunity, mm-hmm. which is her thing. Yeah. Which will do that too. Well, that's kind of all there was for the chapter. Have any other thoughts on it, Josh? Anything else stand out to you? 
No, uh, <laughs> just the uh, the idea that Sans is slowly coming to the realization that mm-hmm. life is not as peachy as she maybe thought it was right. now that she's having to go through these trials and hardships, which is just going to get harder. Like it's not going to get any easier for her, which is almost the most tragic part is you, she's going through these struggles and you're like, well, it's, it's, it's going to get worse from here. So, yeah, but there is a really good like breaking moment in the books that we'll get to that. They actually didn't have on the show. And I was upset about it. Yeah. Like it, where it really is like, you know, she like, she's like going like this mm-hmm. climbing the thing. And, like, she'll just, like, there's a sharp uptick moment they did not have. I'm curious when we get to that, what you think about it. Interesting. Um, and some comments. Sansa was romantic back then. Says Julie before she learned to play the game. And she also says, the pheasants are revolting, which is a funny pun, Julie. Very nice. And De- Devi reminds us that, and they kiss in the books, I think. Sansa and Don touch Sansa and the Hound. Sansa and the Hound do kiss, I believe, in the books. They do? Yes. I well, mean, now I don't have to read he, it because he just he, spoiled it He for kisses me. her. It's uncomfortable. Oh. They wisely cut it. But we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> wow, you teased it so well. Exactly. Okay. What are we um, reading next week? What's our chapter? Aria 5. Is anybody reading along with us, too? Like, Is I anybody reading asked, along with us out there? You should. Who's reading along? Please read with us. I'm going to arrange all the chapters that we've done, all the videos in like a, a playlist. So we got Ooh. like all the Game of Thrones chapters, all the uh, Clash of Kings chapters. Big fan of that. In the near future. So... Look out for that. Hopefully that'll bring some people in. Yeah. And uh, thanks for watching, everybody. We'll be back next week with Audio 5 and more Take the Black Live. Let's talk about glad to be back. Glad to be in the new set. Thanks for watching and have a lovely evening. Bye.